1: And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. I'm your host, Brian Intrican, a.k.a. KC Bubba. You can find me on the Twitter at BD Intric, B-D-E-N-T-R-E-K. Hope you all enjoyed your Tuesday. Some fun action on the diamond. We're going to get you caught up on that and get a look ahead to Wednesday as we do often on this wonderful podcast here. So let's get to the recent news and notes from Tuesday. Jacob DeGrom, Tommy John surgery. I hinted at it. On uh, yesterday's show, when I said they they said uh, they put him in the 60 day IL, more news to come. I told you the more news to come is what worried me about this situation, and it happened. It stinks because DeGrom probably should have had TJ a year or two ago. He's been battling through it. It's literally one of the best pitchers we've ever seen pitch in baseball. We can all admit that. Hopefully, he comes back just fine. This is one of those where we might not see him till 2025. So it's like – because I, I think they're going to want to make sure – that he's ready and good to go for sure. So it stinks, lose one of the best in baseball. Hope for a, a nice, speedy, healthy recovery for Degrom because baseball's better when Jacob Degrom takes the mound. We got a we got another debut in baseball. It is only June sixth. We are a little over two months of the season, and it's prospect after prospect after prospect. And today on Tuesday, we got Ellie De La Cruz getting the call for the Cincinnati Reds. We've been waiting for that one for quite some time. He hit cleanup on Tuesday. And played third base. He walked a couple times, hit a double 112 miles per hour off the bat. He looked great. He looked the part in uh, his first uh, uh, game against Tony Gonsolin and the Dodgers. So we'll see how this keeps going for LED of the cruise. Uh, Christian Ingenacion-Strand is on deck, and he went deep on Tuesday in the minors. So can't wait to see the Reds call him up as well. In correlation with Ellie De La Cruz getting called up to the bigs, Nick Sinzel went to the IL with a knee injury. It's been kind of bugging him off and on for a little while now, and it's a shame because Sinzel was healthy for a bit, producing. He's banged up again. This is sad. Like I want to say rinse and repeat, but I, I feel for the guy. The talent's there. just can't stay on the field. It's kind of another Byron Buxton-type situation. Speaking of Byron Buxton, he heads to the IL with sore ribs. He got hit in the ribs over the weekend. They thought it would just be a day-to-day thing. It just never got better, so they put him on the IL. They called Trevor Larneck up. To take his spot on the Twins roster. And hopefully, it's a, a minimal stay for Buxton, which you never know with Byron Buxton. Alec Manoa, we all know he has struggled tremendously this season. It has been brutal to watch. You know, last season he was great, tons of innings. Um, he needs, he's I call him kind of Sandy Alcantara light, where he needs the innings to put up the stats, but he was doing that time and time and time again, not doing it in 2023. So Manoa was sent down to the Jays training facility in Florida. That is a big move. That's kind of Roy Holiday had the same situation back in the day. This is a get your mind right to get the issues between your ears figured out because it's a lot of mental things with uh, Alec Manoa, and it also allows him to get some like one-on-one quiet help to maybe work on mechanics, maybe he's tipping pitches. There's a lot of things he can work on down in the facility in Florida and work his way back to the bigs. We will see Manoa at some point this season, and hopefully it's the Alec Manoa we all knew to enjoy. Boston Red Sox are going to call up Chris Murphy, one of their uh, pr- prospects from the minors, to start against the Guardians. Uh, the one thing I will kind of give you a hesitation on Chris Murphy had a 771 ERA in AAA this year, 21.6% strikeout rate with a 12.9% walk rate. Murphy was struggling so much his last appearance was out of the bullpen. They moved him there to kind of maybe get things right. Well, he got one bullpen start, and the Red Sox need a starter, so he's getting the call. So we'll see how that one plays out for Chris Murphy. Nestor Cortez, he has the I.L. We mentioned on yesterday's show he's dealing with a shoulder injury. This was likely to happen. It became official on Tuesday. And as a correlating move, the New York Yankees are calling up Randy Vasquez once again. Vasquez um, made a start earlier this season against the San Diego Padres on May 26th, where Vasquez threw four and two-thirds innings, allowed two runs, walked three, and struck out six. He has a nasty, nasty curveball. Breaking stuff is ungodly. It's outstanding. Massive control issues in the minor leagues. We just think we talked about this when he got called up the first time. Control is a big issue, but the strikeouts will be there. And he gets a pretty nice matchup on uh, on Wednesday to try to exploit a Chicago White Sox team that strikes out a ton versus right-handed pitching. They didn't strike out against Clark Schmidt on Tuesday, which is a massive disappointment. But overall, over the last three or four weeks, they're striking out close to 28% of the time versus right-handed pitching. And that could play very well for Randy Vasquez in another appearance, and he might get a few starts if he can pitch well. On Wednesday, as Nestor Cortez, you know, shoulder injuries, those don't just fix themselves overnight. So we'll keep an eye on that situation. Hinted at it for a few days. Kept saying, hey, Dylan Floro picked up a save. Dylan Floro picked up a save. Well, A.J. Puck got activated from the I.L. on Tuesday. He is back. George Soriano got sent to AAA for the Marlins. Puck is back, and I expect him to become the main closer once again. At least it'll be a committee because that's kind of what it was, but Puck was getting about, I'd say, 70%-ish of the saves. I I wouldn't be shocked if we get back to that kind of scenario for A.J. Puck. Matt Chapman, he's day-to-day after having an infected ingrown toenail removed. I'm surprised they just didn't put him on the IL for this. He's missed a couple games already. They're saying he's day-to-day. Not playing with a toenail. That's a pain tolerance thing. The way I look at it, I think they would have been better off saying, like, hey, chap, go sit out like 10 days, and let's just let this thing heal for a little bit. That might have been my my idea, but I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express. So I'm no doctor. The Rays put Josh Fleming on the IL with elbow inflammation. That is never good. So we'll see how that one plays out as Tampa Bay just continues to lose starting pitchers or just pitchers in general if you want to go that route. So keep an eye on the Tampa Bay situation as it's, it's always fluid down there in that rotation, and it's becoming more and more fluid each and every day. Oakland A's. This is a, not a, a player information thing. It's just more of a chuckling situation. The A's thought they had a stadium deal in place in Nevada. Well, it did not pass Nevada legislation as the A's wanted it to be paid by public money. So that did not pass, and now their deal is basically on hold to move to Nevada. They might be coming back to California. Who knows what Oakland is doing? It's going to get even better because their lease at Oco Coliseum, I believe, was up at the end of the season. So they're going to have to really figure something out and figure it out really, really quick. The Mariners they activated Andres Munoz and Dylan Moore from the IL on Tuesday. Munoz looked filthy in the eighth inning. Uh, he is rehab starts, his rehab appearances were great as well but he looked great against the San Diego Potters. Munoz is back and ready to roll. Paul Seawald got the save. Seawald will be the primary closer in Seattle, but we know how that works. Sometimes he faces high leverage. Munoz comes in. Uh, I talked with some smart Mariners people, Corbin, Corbin Young, earlier uh, in the preseason. We talked about the Mariners, and the way the team likes to use them is Seawald is kind of like your high leverage or um, high leverage slash maybe multi-inning guy from time to time, but primary closer. or Munoz, if you need someone to come in and just strike out dudes, They're bringing Munoz in, so keep an eye on that situation. Aaron Judge, this is kind of a hint about it as well. He's going to the IL with a contusion and a sprained ligament in his toe. Hopefully, that's a minimal stay. When you talk about ligaments, that they don't heal quite the same. It's like a sprain, in theory, so that does not heal quite the same as a broken bone, so keep an eye on that with Aaron Judge. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. missed his second straight game with a groin injury for the Diamondbacks. It's kind of been a quiet deal. We thought yesterday's uh, game out was just a no biggie. second day in a row now for Lourdes Gurriel Jr. with a groin injury. That's a a tough one, tough one to go through, and he's been swinging a very, very hot bat for the Diamondbacks, so keep an eye on Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Gunnar Henderson, he missed another game. He, He tweaked his back over the weekend in San Francisco but even on Sunday, he was taking ground balls. They thought, okay, off day Monday, he'll be ready to roll on Tuesday. Well, he missed Tuesday's start, but he's there. The Henderson and the Orioles are both very, very optimistic he'll be back on Wednesday, so keep an eye on that situation. And some positive notes out of the Justin Steele camp. He's been playing catch each and every day, a.k.a. daily, and um, things are looking really, really good in his rehab process, and they're targeting a June 17th return. It's 11 days. That's probably – one if not two rehab starts depends on how they go about it but i'd imagine one i'd imagine he throws a bullpen here in the next couple days gets one rehab start he's ready to rock and roll so keep an eye on Justin Steele. we might get him back much sooner than we anticipated some hitting highlights from your tuesday action on the diamond jace peterson just wanted to bring him up he's not really that fantasy relevant just want to bring him up though five for five with two home runs Three runs scored and five RBIs as the Oakland Athletics somehow put up 11 runs on Mitch Keller and the Pittsburgh Pirates on Tuesday. That was pretty shocking, to say the least. Peterson's only hitting 218 on the season with five home runs and six stolen bases. He's a deep, deep league type guy or an emergency streamer in the right situation. He's had deep league appeal from time to time, but Peterson's not a guy I'm running to go pick up on the waiver wire. Lamont Wade Jr., on the other hand, we already knew we liked the Giants this week because they have the, the three-end to start the week. But Lamont Wade Jr., I've talked about it before on other shows. His OBP skills are great, and he showcased it on Tuesday night as Wade went three for three with a double, three runs scored, two RBIs, and three walks. As the Giants scored 10 runs in Coors, Lamont Wade got on base six times. That is a leadoff hitter's dream right there. Wade's hitting 285 on the season now with eight home runs and two stolen bases. But more impressively, 41 walks with 42 strikeouts for a 429 OBP. Wade Jr. is the prototypical leadoff hitter, and you never would have guessed it coming into the 2023 season. Christian Yelich keeps doing awesome things throughout the season. He went three for four, two doubles, a run scored, a walk and two stolen bases on Tuesday. Yelich is now hitting two fifty eight on the season with seven homers and sixteen stolen bases. You know, if you just kind of speculate there, Yelich could be in for a 35 ish season. That's pretty darn good for a guy that some are kind of giving up on as the back issues uh, prevented him from being the 40-40 MVP type guy we were used to. For more details on the day's top hitters, make sure you check out Daily Batters Box on PitcherList.com. So starting pitching highlights from your Tuesday, Lucas G. Lito. I kind of hinted at this on yesterday's show. I was curious to see how he would do. We've seen some signs of life. He still has some blowups. Six no-hit innings against the New York Yankees. Three walks and seven strikeouts. Big boy stuff there from Lucas Giolito. He has uh, 10 whiffs, 32% CSW on 100 pitches uh, in that matchup. Really good stuff there from Mr. Giolito. Kevin Gossman, he's pretty good at baseball, pretty good at throwing the baseball. He faced the Houston Astros, seven innings, one earned, four hits, no walks, 13 strikeouts for Kevin Gossman. It's ridiculous what he's doing on the bump right now. On Tuesday, he had 17 whiffs with a 36% CSW on 101 pitches against the Houston Astros. That is now six games on the season in 13 starts where Gossman has at least 10 strikeouts. That is ridiculous. He has a 2.63 ERA and a 2.52 XFIP on the season. He is the uh, leader, leader in the clubhouse in my mind, if not the one bead, whoever you want to name, as the AL Cy Young candidate. Taiwan Walker is having a very, very rough season, but he put together seven shot at aims with two hits, three walks, eight Ks on Tuesday with 12 lists, 30% CSW on 91 pitches. That's a great start for Taiwan Walker, especially the strikeout stuff. That's one of those things that kind of very, very hit and miss with Taiwan. Still has a 504 ERA on the season, so I'm not getting overly excited in this situation, but very, very positive for Mr. Taiwan Walker. Make sure you tune into the Plus Pitch Podcast with Nick Pollock and check out his daily SP Roundup to get caught up in all things starting pitching. Some relief pitching highlights from Tuesday, and oh boy, it happened. Liam Hendricks picked up his first save of the season, first save since returning from cancer. Absolutely awesome. See, like, he wasn't dominant by any means. He had some trouble, gave up a run, still got the save, and that is all that matters. They were working him back up. His first few appearances weren't in the closing role. They were kind of building him up there. Looks like he's ready to rock and roll, folks. So let's have some thoughts from Liam Hendricks. Then Craig Kimbrell picked up his ninth save of the season with uh, Jose Alvarado just around the corner returning. Kimbrell's been outstanding. He's been a really, really good over the last month or so. So Kimbrell picked up his ninth save. I think he still keeps the, the lion's share of the save situation in Philadelphia. Make sure you read the Daily Reliever Ranks article on pitchlist.com to get more information on all things relief pitching. All right, before we take a peek at Wednesday's action, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors.
0: to sign up for your trial today.
1: And welcome back everybody to the First Pitch Podcast brought to com. Let's get a look at the weather with the one, the only, Mark Piquette. Thanks, Brian. The only game with any weather issues today slash tonight is going to be in Colorado, where the Giants are in town yet again. We saw showers and thunderstorms develop just to their west yesterday, and the same deal is going to be happening today. The problem is is they drift off the mountains a little bit and could impact some of the games. As I said yesterday, they're the best at playing games in inclement weather, so I expect them to play, but just something to keep an eye on. Back to you. Thanks, as always, Mark. Appreciate the weather updates. It's been a uh, we had some wet ones on Tuesday. We had some wet ones looking at us on Wednesday. So keep an eye on that as you lock in your daily lineups. Speaking of daily lineups, let's talk some DFS. We have a 10-game main slate coming at you at 7.05 p.m. Eastern time. And the pitching is bad. It's like um, almost three-quarters, if not more, of the games have totals of nine or higher. You got totals in double digits and Coors and Great American Small Park. It's pretty easy to pick where we're going here. Give me the Cincinnati Reds versus Thor. Thor is done. He's even admitted that he'd give his – he doesn't even have a kid. He said, I will give up my firstborn to be able to pitch like I used to pitch. It's bad for him. It's that Comments like that tell me it's between the years also, which is not good. And then give me the Dodgers versus lefty Williamson. I think mean, there'll be a lot of runs scored in Cincinnati on Wednesday. And then the Giants versus Seabold in Coors. That's just another great spot for the Giants. And the Giants are priced pretty nicely, all things considered, in Coors Field. Pitching wise, it's a little different, especially with totals the way we're seeing them. But give me some Mad Max versus the Atlanta Braves. Since Max returned from his little like suspension slash IL stint, and he's been healthy since May 14th, he's been Mad Max. His strikeout, he's got 25.5 percent K to walk. He's just been outstanding, limiting the damage, not giving up like he's got three earned runs in those four starts. He's been great. So give me some Mad Max versus the Braves. I know the Braves are a very very good team. 203 ISO versus righties for the last three weeks, but it's a great spot to be with Mad Max. Uh, give me John Gray versus St. Louis Cardinals. St. Louis can be pesky from time to time, but as a whole, they've been just struggling. And John Gray, since the pitch mix change on May eighth versus the Mariners, he has been an electric factory, uh, quality start machine, uh, getting the strikeouts. He's been great. Want to see it again versus St. Louis. And then, if you want some value, talked about it earlier in the show, give me some Randy Vasquez versus Chicago White Sox at 28 percent K rate for the White Sox versus righties. Over the last three weeks, Vasquez can strike out a ton of guys at 4K. Just got to limit the walks and see where it goes from there. Some things I'm looking forward to on um, on Wednesday. The homer in me, I want to see Logan Webb. He's got eight straight quality starts. I want to see how he does in Coors Field on Wednesday. It's a, it's a matchup he could still dominate because the Rockies aren't that good, but it's Coors Field, so we know how that all plays out. Uh, George Kirby versus Michael Walker. Kirby has been outstanding this whole season, limiting walks and whatnot. And you got Michael Walker, who somehow has found the fountain of youth in strikeouts all of a sudden. We're really curious to see how that game plays out. We get Olsen making his second start for the Tigers coming up from the minors. That's a very, very intriguing start as well. And then other than that, it's kind of, a, like I said, it's a mess of a slate. We get Tanner Bybee. You know how I am with my prospects. always love seeing some of that action out there. But reality is probably Scherzer versus Morton, Mets versus Braves. That's pretty much the highlight of the slate for me, and we're going to see how that one plays out in full force but that'll do it folks another episode of the first pitch podcast in the books hope you all have a great wednesday make sure you check out pitcherlist.com and become a member pl plus pl pro you will not regret it you get to become a a member in the awesome discord there you get all the cool tools the plv tools the pitcher bot and much more and they're always using the insight from each member to make the site bigger and better than ever so go check out pl plus and pl Pro. But again, that'll do it. You can find me on Twitter at BDentrick, B-D-E-N-T-R-E-K. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow to recap Wednesday and look ahead to Thursday. But for now, this was your first pitch podcast, Wednesday, June 7th edition. Hope you all have a great day.